I, I really thought that one of the key takeaways from the convention was that allowing candidates to say they support a no endorsement option really allows weaker candidates the opportunity to hide the fact that they don't have much support. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this is another episode of Fact Check. Fact Check, your only dependable source for state and local news from a conservative viewpoint. It was an exciting weekend, Bill. You spent the weekend attending the Republican State Convention in Middleton. Now, there's been media coverage about a disagreement regarding endorsing candidates. Some say that the party should not endorse. What happened with those endorsements? What does it actually mean? Well, the state convention had the highest turnout in decades. Over 1,600 people attended, and it was obvious from the start that there were a lot of new people there, and their mission was to stop the party from making endorsements. So there was a motion to remove the no endorsement option from the ballot, uh, but that was defeated by about a 60 to 40 margin. So just to clarify, uh, delegates had succeeded in the rules-making process for the convention in putting an option on the ballots for no endorsement. And there was a motion to try and reverse that, and, and it failed by a pretty good margin. Mm-hmm. So the governor's race was the first endorsement uh, that was taken up by the convention. Former Governor Scott Walker gave a nominating speech for Rebecca Clayfish, and he pointed out that when he and Ron Johnson ran and won in 2010, they were both endorsed by the Republican Party. So it's pretty obvious that uh, Governor Walker is a proponent of the endorsement process. There were two rounds of voting. During the first round, Rebecca Clayfish maintained her position as the front runner. She got about 52% of the vote. And the no endorsement option got about 37% of the, the vote. The remaining candidates, Tim Rantham, 5%, Kevin Nicholson, 3%. Tim Michaels, just under 3%, and Adam Fisher got less than 1%. So the way the process works is after the first round, a candidate who got less than 20% of the vote was dropped from the second ballot. So in the second round of balloting, Rebecca Clayfish increased her margin to just about 55% of the delegate vote, and Tim Rantham was the second choice at 2.5% of the vote. And the no endorsement option was about 43% of the vote. So there was no endorsement for governor because no candidate reached 60% of the delegate vote. Were you a proponent of endorsing candidates? And what are the benefits, advantages versus the downfalls of endorsing? Well, one of the really big advantages is if a candidate is endorsed, it allows staff from the Republican Party of Wisconsin to start campaigning for them. So there are nine regions across the state of Wisconsin, and we have Republican staff that works in all of those regions. And so those people will now have to wait until after the August primary, which means we're going to lose about two months worth of time where those people could have been campaigning for a Republican governor candidate. So I think this hurts our chances in November because we won't be able to begin campaigning right away. Another consequence is many donors won't donate money if there's a contested primary. And so when the party endorses, it's, it provides a, a reason why they might choose to write a check to a candidate, even though there is a contested primary. It feels like a better investment. Right. Well, 
at least there's some indication as to who the who the front runner is and and who's got the support of the Republican Party. And uh, so now we still have five candidates for governor. So those people who are willing to donate are going to be diluting the power of their donations because it's going to be divided amongst five candidates. I, I really thought that one of the key takeaways from the convention was that allowing candidates to say they support a no endorsement option really allows weaker candidates the opportunity to hide the fact that they don't have much support. So we had candidates that were polling two to four percent of the vote. And one candidate in particular I'm thinking of only pulled two votes out of 215 delegates at the 3rd Congressional District Caucus. But because those candidates, at the end of their nominating speeches, asked that people vote for the no endorsement option, it it allows them to hide the fact that they really don't have much support. And so, as I mentioned, we have eight candidates for lieutenant governor. There's no way for leaders in the Republican Party to go to those candidates now and say, hey, you're polling 2%. It's time to wrap up your campaign and throw your support behind another candidate. The lack of an actual endorsement and allowing people to vote for no endorsement actually stops us from moving closer to, to finding a candidate that we can all back. Typically, the Democrats do not endorse a candidate at this stage. What's the difference? Why don't they? Well, all you have to do is look at the race for the 3rd Congressional District. Ron Kine, the 26-year incumbent, has already endorsed Brad Paff. So it's a little bit disingenuous to say that they're not endorsing when the 26-year incumbent congressman has picked his successor. So what I would say is that the Republican Party is really a true grassroots organization. We're allowing our members to make the decision about whether they want to endorse a candidate or not. And we aren't relying on party leaders' endorsements as the way of rallying support behind a single candidate. Okay, about the other statewide offices now, how did those endorsement votes turn out? State Senator Pat Teston received about 38% of the vote for endorsement as our lieutenant governor candidate. No endorsement was the second option, about 31%. No other candidate topped 10%. But the surprise candidate was Will Martin, a black businessman from Racine, Wisconsin, He worked under Tommy Thompson and Scott Walker in their administrations, and he finished second behind Teston with just under 10% of the vote. So I thought that was really interesting. He was a really impressive man. There were two other endorsements. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson was endorsed for U.S. Senate, and Orlando Owens was endorsed for Treasurer. They were both unopposed in seeking endorsement. So people who opposed endorsement voted to endorse them. (laughs) And then uh, there was uh, also the race for attorney general produced no endorsement and the race for secretary of state uh, likewise did not produce an endorsement. There were some controversial resolutions that were brought from the floor. What does that mean exactly and what happened with those? Most people probably have no idea how the resolutions process works in the Republican Party, so I'll just briefly explain it. The process begins in county caucuses where resolutions are made and they're debated. Those that are passed go on to the 3rd Congressional District Caucus. Once again, delegates meet. They debate the resolutions. They're voted upon. Those go to the floor of the 3rd District Caucus where they're voted on again. And then 
those resolutions that survive are sent on to a committee uh, before the state convention where once again this process takes place. So the resolutions that were brought from the floor are resolutions that had been part of that process and failed. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they were struck down on the floor isn't a big surprise to me. They were pretty controversial. The first resolution was calling for the removal of Robin Voss, the Republican Speaker of the Assembly. And the other resolution was calling on the legislature to decertify the November 2020 presidential election. They just can't let it die. They cannot (laughs) let it go. And it was pretty obvious. It was a wide margin that uh, the delegates at the state convention voted those down. Right. Cooler heads prevailed. Any other observations? The most interesting person that I got to meet at the state convention was Tim Michaels. Listeners probably know that he just recently joined the race for governor. And I found him to be very articulate and likable. His speech to the convention, I thought, was one of the better ones. And I expect that he's going to emerge to be the strongest challenger to Rebecca Clayfish in the August primary. He's worth over $500 million. So he's going to have a big advantage because he's able to self-fund his campaign. I would think so, right? Money does matter in politics. It does. Well, a very exciting look at what happened with the Republican State Convention. You said that turnout was the best in decades. I think that speaks volumes of where we are today as a society and how desperately we want change from all the things. The Republican Party is really changing, and President Trump is the catalyst for that change. A lot of these people who were there for their first Republican State Convention are newly minted Republicans, people who came into the party because of President Trump's influence. And even though there's some disagreement and our convention and caucuses have been pretty raucous, it it shows that there's a lot of energy in the Republican Party, and that bodes well for us in November. I do find it interesting that um, maybe some of these new party members are in favor of not endorsing, but President Trump actually does endorse people. I I think it's craziness. This whole anti-endorsement thing, I think, really originated with Kevin Nicholson. He knew he wasn't going to be able to beat Rebecca Uh. Clayfish for the endorsement. And then some of the other candidates who were, you know, running third or fourth thought, hey, this is not a bad idea. You know, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon because if I can, if we can deny Rebecca Clayfish the endorsement, it helps all of our chances in August. So, I think that no endorsement is crazy. Mm -hmm. Every organization you can think of endorses the NRA, pro-life groups, Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce. All of these organizations are endorsing candidates, but the Republican Party will not be endorsing candidates. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thanks again. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fia. And this was another episode of Fact Check. You can join the conversation on the Facebook group Fact Check Wisdom with Bill Fian and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.